This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello. Thank you for joining us for the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham pod brought to you by Red 10 People Development. So it all comes down to this. A month from now, the National League season will be over. But will Wrexham's 15-year stay in non-league football be over too? Our trip to Torquay could mark the real coronation party this year. But before then, we have seven scintillating, scary showdowns left. We took another step closer with our win against York last time out and this weekend Oldham visit the Kairas. To look back at that match and look ahead to the weekend, I am joined as always by Nathan Salt. Nathan, how are you doing? We've had to re-record the intro a few times there because <laughs> I had a no- I had a filling today and I can hardly speak. I was, I was going to say, how are you? Dribbling over the microphone? or Because I think last week I edited out the fact you'd been to the dentist. I can't remember if that stayed in or not. Um, but are yeah. you well? Is your, is your mouth in pieces? Yeah, I was I was annoyed because last week we recorded an intro in which I complained about having been to the dentist and being ripped off <laughs> and how I was hurting financially and in my mouth. And then we yeah. had to cut it all because Billy Waters signed. So I didn't get my plea out there for some cheap dentistry if anyone's listening and can do me a, a filling on <laughs> on the fly so yeah sadly that that hit the cutting room floor hopefully this week's plea doesn't doesn't go but how are you doing the, the win over york was you know routine wasn't it 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 was a it was a slow burn wasn't it i i was i mean look york were another one of them teams where the game plan was obvious i'm surprised more teams don't adopt that kind of sit back and 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 just try and absorb and keep it a close score for as long as they could i thought they knocked it around quite nicely rich i thought Lionel john lewis up top with Danny Rowe looked quite nice. I think he looked he looked good for them. He he was able to hold the ball up. Our midfield, I don't think, was as good as it's been in, in recent weeks. I think they cut through us quite well. Um, but in the end, you know, you can't complain. Routine win. I thought Sam Dolby was the real difference maker when he came on. You know, goal assist. He'd he'd be starting for me next game if, if I was picking a team on Saturday. He'd be in because he 
he's full of confidence, he's in form, and yeah, he he just made a real difference when, when he came on, so routine win. I mean, at the end of the day, I really don't care how we get the wins now, we just need to get them, and you said about that title coronation in Torquay, hopefully it's a week before or even or even earlier. Um, you know, it, it could come earlier, it could come against Yeovil or, or Barnet or... Got it. Boreham Wood, depending on how the fixtures fall. We'll take it whenever it comes. If it's now, if it's Torquay, so be it. But York routine, and uh, I know it didn't feel like that on our WhatsApp text. You were slightly more nervous as it went on. I just want to enjoy my football again. And I always enjoy the matches by, by the full-time whistle, but there is just it's just very tense and very stressful at the moment in time. I thought the atmosphere was much better against York obviously Ben Foster's debut gave everyone a lift it's quite surreal just watching him warm up and there's videos of that on Rob Brown Red uh, TikTok Twitter Facebook page maybe Instagram you can get us on robbrownred.com as well on the on the socials plug there and yeah I just really I did enjoy the day it was really sunny really nice but it was a bit laboured and like you said there's a reason why because York had like you said, an understandable and well-executed game plan. They time-wasted early on. They were frustrating, but they never really tested us. Ben Foster made one good save in the second half, but even then it was relatively close to him and it was quite a comfortable debut. And for me, the standout was was Barnett. He has been a revelation since he signed. He is very different to what we already had on the right because he is basically a winger who plays wing-back rather than a defender who plays there. He is so attack-minded. He's proper no-nonsense, old-school winger. Gets the ball, drives to the byline. Really clever with his interchanges. Always on his toes looking to get in and behind the defence. Links up really well with, with his midfield partners and can put a deadly cross in as well. And It was just like a throwback to the old-school days of watching proper wingers. No, none of these inverted modern ones who like <laughs> cut in on a stronger foot. Barnett just runs and runs to the byline, puts crosses in and yeah, he was a joy to watch, a real menace. And like like we said as well, we'll get on to signings of Foster and, and Waters again later in the pod, but there was no point buying a player who doesn't have longevity in the squad. And if we do get promoted, you can see Barnett having a field day in League Two as well. Yeah, I mean, he was exactly what you were crying out for, wasn't it? You Months before you were calling for... I was actually going to go back through one of the old pods, and if anyone has gone back through, I'm pretty sure... You know, I I suggested Barnett. When you know when we were talking a while back about wingers, and I, I really liked Barnett when he was at um, Solly Hall. I know they got absolutely turned over by us. Was it Boxing Day five nil? Um, but he, he's still been really impressive. He's just a very orthodox winger. I, I remember watching people like him and people like Ollie Crankshaw at times for Stockport. I was really impressed with him when I when I watched. Um, and the way he was able to just split defenders, there were at times where there was two going on going on him and he was able to just kind of like dart between the two of them, he, full of confidence and, you know, he, he's willing to hit the byline on that right foot, like you say, none of the inverted kind of, and, and also none of the kind of defender in attacking positions where, look, Ford's been great there, um, he, he, he clearly is a two-way player, but Barnett is just an upgrade on everything we've got in terms of the right side in, in attacking areas, and I think you saw that. You know, he's got his final ball. He wasn't afraid to cut inside as well and have a shot on the edge of the box. He, a real threat, and uh, I thought he was head and shoulders above everyone else that that started on Saturday. I agree, yeah. Uh, and again, that's what we've we've spoken about the the need. And and Parky said this himself that he wants to have two players for every position, really. And what I love about the sort of wing back situation is that you have got 
the variety there. You've got, like, on the right, you've got Ford, who's maybe a bit more of an all-round player. You've got Barnett, who's just very attack-minded if we ever need a goal to create something. McFadden better defensively on the left, but Mendy better going forward. He was his usual self, Mendy, I think, for the weekend. Very frustrating to watch, but still so exciting and gets you off the back of your seat whenever he gets on the ball, really. And yeah, again, I just thought everything sort of clicked. And although I was a bit stressed that we hadn't sort of killed the game off earlier than I would have liked, there was never really any any threat that we weren't going to win the game, was there? And There wasn't danger, was there? There wasn't like an obvious... I, I mean, really, it was only the danger of Ben Foster's own doing that nearly gifted York a goal. I mean, they didn't... A bit like Southend a few weeks ago, they didn't really create a ton, did they? Yeah, they haven't really worked the goalkeeper that And that's much. compliment to us. I know you can say the opposition aren't very good or they're lacking in something, but for me, the, the big compliment there goes to us for managing to to keep them contained and for managing to, to control the the tie so well and, and handle the occasion because there's always going to be an element of the sort of circus when Robin Ryan are in town and there's always going to be that distraction. We had Ben Foster who, you know, is vlogging the game himself and he, I know that the talk from his agent is it won't, won't be the Ben Foster show, but there is a danger that you can get distracted and, and sidelined by that and I just thought it was testament to to Parkey and to the squad he's assembled that they got through it again and they got over another one of these hurdles and they're, every game can be a banana skin in this league and at this level and so far we are handling that superbly. Well, Rich, the first goal against York was absolutely, I mean, that if that, I think if that goes in without the aid of the, the you know, the goalkeeper and everything, that's got to be a strong goal, the season contender from James Jones. You know, and again, we did we mention it last week about, you know, the, the difficulty he's had with his baby, Jude, his son. And, um, you know, again, I thought, looked looked sharp, but buzzed about. Um, and, and his strike for the, for the goal, for the first goal, they're, they're unhappy, York. When you watch it back, they're, they're unhappy. They claim that the goalkeeper was shoved over the line and fouled over the line. It looked like he just, his own momentum had carried him over. I didn't necessarily agree with that um, in terms of the foul. But, yeah, I, I thought the first goal... Came at a really good time, and, and like I say, Dolby, you know, great finish for, for his goal, and then to set Elliot Lee on his way, and the composure for Elliot Lee as well. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant, isn't he? I had no doubt in my mind that he was that he was going to miss that at all. I knew he would score that, and uh, it kind of put a bit of gloss on it, which uh, was you know a shame for York. I think it's probably a little bit unfair on them overall, but you know, routine win, clean sheet. What did what did Ben Foster say? Clean sheet, three points. Met Ryan Reynolds in the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, dream. If I'm going to be a little bit... Go for it. My only concern, not a concern either, I'm just a little annoyed that we look quite weak from corners at the moment. I know we scored that Tunnicliffe one that was brilliant the other week. Was that last month or maybe even January now? That fantastic the, deliver- the delivery was quite poor, wasn't it, on Saturday? I yeah, I thought we had so many corners and they were quite anticlimactic. Obviously not having Aaron Hayden in there means that we've lost a huge threat. But I just presumed, and maybe this is just a lazy assumption, but I just presumed that Andy Cannon would be classic corners. And instead I, it's... Well, I take you, I assumed Barnett would be, you know, as a winger. I, I, if I was a manager, I would want my wingers. And Barnett the, has this, what is it, the best crossing in the league? The best right, differentials, so, right. best accuracy? Exactly. So for me, if crossing's one of your greatest strengths, surely, I get it slightly different, but 
clearly a corner is is is, is a um, a set piece across, and and I would imagine that would be key. But really, Luke Young has has been our corner taker all season, and at the start of the season, that was better than the long throw, wasn't it? You know, that was that was causing greater danger than long throw. Recent weeks, that long throws looked a lot better. And um, and and before we move on, Rich, I, you were saying there about credit to us for stopping York. I think Ben Toes has been remarkable. Um, in Marshall in that back back three, I think that's kind of going a little bit under the radar how how well he's marshalled that back three with all the changes around him. He's just been that focal point. Goalkeeper changing behind him, no problem. Left and right, Jordan Tonica's been in and out. Max has been in. Owen O'Connell's come in. Um, Hayden's been there. I know Lennon hasn't played that much, but Lennon played there in the FA Cup, didn't he? So Toza just doesn't seem to let anything phase him. Really, 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 really good. And um, I think he's had a, a really, a quietly, a really good season. Yeah, I think like we said, he he is almost like that dark horse wildcard option for player of the year. It's gonna be it's gonna be Mullen, hasn't it? But you can definitely make the case for for Toza. He's been he has been excellent. And I guess Nathan, the, the headline, Ben Foster, uh, he was really calm and assured. I thought his distribution was great, and he just had that air of confidence about him. Getting those few early crosses collected and uh, and taken down with relative ease really sort of gave him the foundations to build upon but I thought he he fit in seamlessly and there was all that debate heading into the game about who would he who would he pick and there was a case to be made for Howard and for Foster now that Foster has played didn't look rusty at all in in the actual match we're fine aren't we (laughs) in terms of goalkeeper now there's no go there's no going but I mean we said it didn't we if he picks how if he picks Foster um that's probably it for Howard I'd you know, I, 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 in my opinion, I don't, I don't see, don't see why at his age and his, his kind of uh, experience that he would, he would want to sit on the bench, um, next season. I mean, you know, if he's, is he? I, I can't see him becoming the number one again next season. Um, but that's, that's something for the summer. We'll soon find out with, with the retain list and contract extensions and all that sort of thing. But yeah, Foster just looked like he is a, a very, very talented goalkeeper and. Uh, I mean, it's, his day started quite badly. He couldn't seem to get into the car park. If you watched his vlog, he, he was kind of turned was away from the car that park. He had to park at the, the sort of university, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I mean, he, that didn't happen back in the day. I think he used to be able to, well, probably much less attention. He was probably able to just park next to the club shop. I mean, that was when I was growing up. That was pretty much the norm. That was where you bump into players. I don't know. About, you know, I, I know I've bumped into many a player in there, but now it's the norm that. They park over at the university and uh, and amble across, and that's where they kind of get collared coming in by by people for autographs and pictures. So yeah, that was I think he was confused by that, safe to say, in his vlog. He, I thought he was excellent. Now I think that he again was, from his yeah. point of view, there was so I know there's a lot for him to gain, but there is also a lot he could lose from this. If he comes to Wrexham, has a stinking debut, plays really bad, then it just looks like a really hollow sort of statement from Wrexham was just trying to get a celebrity goalkeeper right, in really but right. well in the warm-up Nick, Rich he looked like he couldn't save looked like he couldn't save a lick in the warm-up he was saving it all for the game yeah, everything was beating him warm-up in the warm-up was a little rusty I, I, <laughs> I was taking a video for our socials and Calderbank Park shot a, a decent shot at him and it squirmed under his arm and I thought let's not publish this because this isn't going <laughs> to do anyone any favours but yeah he was he was excellent once the game he was got, great. got going and Again, like I said, compliment to the defence that they made him feel so at home straight but, away. And but vocal would... as well. He, you know, he was vocal, Rich. I think you could see in his video as well. He, 
he was barking out stuff and, and maybe the not first goal least... he gets the pre-assist right. doesn't he it's that London field knocked right. on by Dolby and Lee finishes in style and I just thought he he looked class and the first sort of 15 minutes in the stadium was still surreal Ben Foster was there that close to us playing for Wrexham it, it wasn't a dream and then the vlog dropped which was excellent and quite toned down actually I think he could have milked it a lot more in the, in the vlog as well if he wanted to I think it's testament to Ben that he really is here to play football. You can't argue that whatsoever. And he's here to do his job and that's to get Wrexham promoted. And I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for that f- based on his debut. But, you know, seven games left. And I mean, tougher tests have got to come on that year. If every team is as blunt up front as York, we shouldn't have any worries at all, Rich. If in the next seven games, everyone is like York in attack, we'll be absolutely fine. Because they... they I mean, the fans were were noisy and loud, but they just didn't offer. They didn't offer much, did they? So when I when I was thinking about his vlog, I thought, what match footage is he going to have? He's barely had to make a save. He's made one or two, or a couple of catches, but I mean, straight into the team of the week. I think even he would admit that's slightly generous, given he didn't have much to do. But we'll see. He he didn't look rusty at all, really, and uh, that's credit to him. I know he keeps himself in great shape, and yeah, and and you saw at the end. You know, in his vlog with uh, Howard, you know, looked chuffed for him and, and, and was the consummate professional. So, you know, no no suggestion at all there of disharmony or anything like that. And so that's credit to Mark as well. But I don't think the keeper issue uh, is a thing now, really. Foster, if he's fit, will play every game uh, that's left. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's a massive positive for us. He, he looked totally cool, calm, collected. I guess what's also interesting, Nath, in terms of the York win is that is the exact sort of opposition we've got coming up in the next three, next two games. Uh, York, 17th after the weekend. Oldham, 14th in Halifax. One place above York in 16th. So they are all separated by four points. So, you know, it's it's they all have unique threats and different tests, but they are of the same ilk this season, the same quality, York, uh, Halifax and Oldham. Oldham, the highest ranked out of, out of the three of them, as I said, but there's only... F- four points in it between them so again it's just a good habit to be able to win these rather straightforward mid-table clashes and, and make them look like what they are uh like i said we'll we will preview the olden game towards the end of the podcast And Naif, interestingly enough, this weekend, Wrexham should be boosted by the return of Tom O'Connor and Bryce Hosanna. Anthony Ford needs a little longer after his uh, time out of the, the team. And Aaron Hayden, a slight setback. We'll get on to him in a moment. But interesting one with O'Connor, because as we've said almost every week, he has probably been the, the player of the calendar year. Certainly for me, I think he's got a shout of being the best player from 2023 for Wrexham. But does he go straight back into the team? Look, if Ben Foster can go in on two training sessions, if Tom O'Connor feels fine, and Tom O'Connor's had more than two training sessions to come back in, if he's fully fit, I think he does come back in. I would slot him in there for James Jones, and I would have... I think you've got to see what what O'Connor, Cannon and Lee looks like again. You know, um, I don't know how many times we've seen that variation in the midfield. I haven't got the numbers in front of me. But ultimately, that is probably the midfield people see going forward, isn't it? Into into League Two and and potentially if, if you keep going up again into, into League One, you know all those three players will believe they're League One standard and above. So uh, 
that's the midfield I would want to see, Tom O'Connor. There's always the talk of, do you are you rushing him back? I mean, it seems like if we were rushing him back, we could have tried to rush him for York, maybe. Because I know he'd had a couple of sessions. He'd, he'd well, done a little bit of work training. He could have been fit right. before we went to... Where do we go? 3G recently. Bromley. Uh, Bromley. Bromley, there, right. There's, there's rumours that he could have been fit for that, but they didn't want to risk him whatsoever, wasn't there? Sure. So, so I don't think there is risk now. I think like he is fit and you know him and Bryce have clearly trained a lot and, and are fully up to speed now with the rest of the group. Um, so for me, he would. He would come back in. Um, because I just think he adds a lot to your midfield and... There's no one just else gives like you a bit, him, is there really? Give you a bit of balance, and, and and I'm looking at it and going, all right. So you don't play him against, you don't play him against uh, Oldham, and you bring him onto a pitch, you know, onto a, what will be a, I would, I'm not sure what the state of the pitch is at Halifax, but it's always up and down. You bring him on there, and then he hasn't got much reps in, many reps in before Notts County, which is the game you're definitely going to need him in. Um, so I would, I would play him if I, if I had the chance on Saturday. Interesting one to come on to, Nath, is Aaron Hayden. Now, the word on him is that, you know, he isn't going to be back. A slight setback in terms of his recovery, perhaps. What is the case of him then? We've said that O'Connor can slip straight back in, but it's probably not as easy a case to make in defence. Quite established at the moment with O'Connell, Tozer, and Tunnycliffe. As good as Hayden is, and he's such a threat in both boxes, particularly from our own attacking set pieces. Is there remit to throw him back in when he's fit? Or do you think he's someone who we might not actually see start a game again this season? It's it's tough, isn't it? I didn't think I'd be saying that because he would be in my top three players of the season. Um, you know, 11 goals from centre-back. I still don't think you can sniff at that. Been absolutely imperious, you know, and has delivered us big points um, in, in games and key moments. Um, so the idea that he wouldn't go back in is staggering to me. But I actually think there there is a case to be made if he's not quite fit now. You know, he's got a little bit more work to do. We're, we're maybe talking more than another week, Rich. And if you look at that, then that probably does that take you past the Notts County game? You would imagine so, right? Like you would. Well, think it puts that... you in a in a scenario where maybe your your first game back would be Notts County, and that was too big a game to that, to throw too big back a game. into. I wouldn't be throwing anyone in there. I would I would want uh, uh, you know players that are up to speed with reps. You know they are the best team away from home. We are the best team at home. There's no need to to put any extra stress. I don't think on anyone's body. And if that is your first game back, there is a lot of added stress. Thereafter, it's then what Barnet away, very t- tough game, and then it's Yeovil at home, Borehamwood at home, and he he, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does come back in before the end of the season. But I think there's definitely a case to be made that that Parky just sticks pat and 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 goes with what it is because you know t- Touchwood, there's no injuries to Tonicliffe or, or Tozer or or O'Connell, and you know you can't really argue that any of them are underperforming or or even performing so so in that that you know there's there's been no real clamor to get any of those three out the side has there so it's um it's it's a predicament for parky that because i think he would have liked to have had hayden back for this weekend and maybe like you say that that week before um or, or towards that bromley game but that tendon is just just proven a little bit slow in in healing and you know we're fortunate that we've got incredible depth but on the hayden front i don't know what you think it's it's a real tricky one yeah, I agree that it does almost get to the point where the expectation, the pressure, the stress gets so much that 
you're maybe not even doing him a favor if you put him back in if he's if he's not overcooked if he's undercooked slightly and the other issue like you said there is you've already got quite an established back three i mean like i said the only concern with me with a back three at the moment is they don't look as threatening from attacking set pieces but would you risk all that just to add you know a bit of bit of that with Hayden and, and risk that he might not be as good defensively at, at the moment. I mean, what I'd say on that is Hayden will be superb you know, when he does come back. And maybe he would actually be benefit from being on the bench because he would be like an attacking sub you could make. If in a match you want to change something, but you're quite happy with the strike force, you could bring Hayden on right. and have him as an extra set-piece threat. So I think that when he's, when he's back fit, for, as soon as he's available, put him on the bench and have him as that that impact sub defender wise because he can come on do a job defensively if we need him and also offer something at the other end of the pitch so that's the way I'd tackle it uh, the actual I quote t- from Phil yeah. Parkinson cool. on this though was Aaron has still got work to do unfortunately Aaron's tendon is just not healing quick there is just that last little bit we need to heal he is not a long way off but it is a frustration and that does sort of sum it up the you know, we can't risk putting him in, in straight now, but for me, when he's fit or fit enough, we put him on the bench and, and but, have him in that Rich, introductory role. Rich, if the tendon is not fully healed, does that signify to you that he's not, you know, com- he's not taking part in sessions and training? We're seeing with Ford now, Ford is involved in training, but is behind given he's not played. So not only do we need Hayden to recover, that tendon to fully recover and be, and be as strong as possible, he's then got to get back up to speed, having not played for... So realistically, we're looking at the Barnet game or the Yeovil game after that. It, it, it doesn't look like... I can't imagine all of that gets done. The healing, the getting enough reps in before Notts County. And even if it is, that Notts County really looks like that first opportunity, doesn't it? It'd be, it'd be, I'd be amazed if the tendon heals and he's got all the reps and he needs before Halifax next Friday. That, 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 that I would be surprised with. could also be a surprise if we see Billy Waters in the Wrexham side anytime soon. He did receive international clearance to play for Wrexham against York, but was left out of the side. Of course, only five substitutions, or five substitutes rather, permitted in the National League. And with Dolby on the bench, Wrexham couldn't really vindicate having another striker there as well. But Phil Parkinson has insisted he will have a key role to play, says he's been impressed with what he's seen already. Waters, as we've discussed on last week's podcast, go back and listen to it if you haven't already, will predominantly have a role playing next season when Wrexham have hopefully seven substitutes to use every match in League Two. And you can have two very different strikers on the bench. Parkinson on Waters, speaking to the leader this week, said, I really like the look of Billy in training so far. Obviously, the problem with five substitutes is getting the balance of the bench right. I would love to have had Billy on the bench on Saturday. He was unlucky, but he knows that he's coming here to be a bit of security for us in case we get injuries. But from what I've seen so far in training, I think the fans will enjoy watching Billy because he is an exciting player. We touched upon it, Nath. Dolby is the Palmer replacement. Waters seems to be the more like-for-like Mullen replacement, doesn't he? And Mullen plays every game and every second when he can, so you could be quite limited for chances. Yeah, you can't. You cannot take Dolby... I mean, like I said to you at the very start, I would play Dolby on Saturday and I would have Palmer. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because Palmer is is probably more effective as a starter and Dolby is 
potentially more effective as a bench player, which is always tricky for players to hear that. Um, so I would imagine that Parky won't follow my advice and, and we'll go with Palmer from the off and, and we'll go with Dolby off the bench. But either way, I don't think you can really relegate either of those two completely out of the squads. And and he's not going to put more than one striker on the bench. He, he's just not going to do it because, like you say, Mullen is going to play almost all the time unless unless the game is done and wrapped up. Um, and the way the way he seems that we've said it before, the way he has that bench mapped out, goalkeeper, um, goalkeeper, wing back, centre back, midfielder, and a striker, and that covers all his bases. Then doesn't it? You know that covers all his bases, and it does make you wonder, Rich. Will Will Waters even get on the bench between now and the end of the season? Because to do so would have to would mean one of Palmer or or Dolby is not involved at all, which I find difficult to foresee. Like you said, it's, it's it is difficult because it is, isn't it? Though I, I don't, I don't, I don't think either of those would deserve to. I mean, Sam Dolby definitely not. I think he's he's in form as his moment. When you're when you've got someone on the bench, you can only have maybe one striker on the bench. It makes more sense to have a player who is physical and can get on the long of our crosses and our long on our long throws. Whereas if for some reason you had to replace Mullen to injury or whatever. Elliot Lee has been deployed as a striker before he scored a good goal on on the weekend as sort of a striker. So I think that internally there's probably a midfielder or someone else you can reposition to to sort of take that mobile forward role. Whereas I think you need to have the like-for-like big man because as we've seen so often, and we saw last season before Palmer was signed, Wrexham without that focal point in the in the forward line are a very different team and have to rely on moments of magic rather than sort of sheer dominance to to win the game. So I do get it. And it's just, again, another really frustrating thing. And I hope that eventually the legacy left in the National League that they push for seven subs as well because it shouldn't be compulsory for every team to fill it if they can't. But it should be an option for most teams to be able to have seven subs because it is ridiculous that you've only got that sort of limited pool. You look in the Premier League, what is it, 12 subs you can have? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. I mean, they can make five substitutions, though, right? Yeah, but so you can have can, a bench yeah. of 12 players. Right, so you right. can have specialists there. You can have three players for almost every position. I've been to United games where they've named two goalkeepers on the bench. <laughs> and for Wrexham, we're, we're just so... Our hands are tied because we just don't have that flexibility. And I think that is another issue that the National League needs to look at long term. Yes, there'll be some teams that, that can't do that, but it shouldn't be compulsory for them to do it. It should be an option of seven if you want it, five if you can't, and you can put youngsters there as well to fill it out if, if you have to. Well, Rich, you know that I am confident about the running, um, so I'm going to preface my comments by that. But what if... For some reason, it all goes horribly wrong. No, that's not. We can't no, have but any I'm just negativity. Saying, just, just, but no, I, I'm very confident that the job's going to yeah. get done. But I'm just saying, just if you're Billy Waters, and just to say we're doing this all again next season, and it's still five subs, I'm confused where it leaves him. Obviously, we're in an incredible good position, and, and the odds are we end up in League Two next season with seven subs, and it all works itself out. But it is an interesting one, isn't it? Given he's signed for such a long period until the end of 2025 where because he, he does seem to be in a state of flux at the minute until we get to league two it's a it's a calculated risk really isn't it i think and it's testament to him that he's he's joined and he still sees that as a risk worth taking and it's credit to the i mean club it's a risk that, it's a risk worth taking isn't it, it. Exactly, so he said it he said it himself that wrexham's the biggest club of his career you know it'll, it'll be 
I'm sure he'd be on a nice wage. He's it's the biggest, you know, he's dropped down out of the league. He said he wa- he had interest from Wrexham, wanted to give it a go in the league. He can't begrudge him that. At Barrow, he's decided to come back down and and the, with the idea being he'll go straight back to the league. And I mean, if we're talking risk right now, Wrexham are second, but they're level points, two games fewer. You know, it, it is a if we you'd have offered us this at the very beginning, Rich, as we are right now, we'd have snapped your hand off, surely. If you offered me that Wrexham would have 97 points after 39 games, I would have, yes, of course I would have taken that. <laughs> I suppose that will bring us on to that next discussion because Notts County did play on Tuesday night. They won 2-0 against Altrincham, an Alti side that made five changes ahead of their FA Trophy semi-final this weekend. They're in a good place to potentially get to Wembley and have a very memorable season for themselves. Their first season as a fully professional club means Notts County have gone top on goal scored as well as goal difference in the National League title race at the moment. But Wrexham do have two games in hand. If Wrexham win those matches, then of course they would have a six-point cushion at the top of the table. Either way, with two games in hand, there is a bit of a cushion regardless for Wrexham if for some reason we did have an off day or something didn't quite fall right. But Naif, we have made that, that habit of it. It's always going to look a bit less pretty when we are second and we've still got two games that we have to go and win because they count for nothing unless you go and get those points but you you've said that you're still feeling very confident that this yeah. will be the year yeah I, i'm just i'm supremely confident um you know when you just look at the depth that is there and really you know we beat york and and you know coming away from that people were saying oh mendy was you know inconsistent i didn't think Cannon was at his best and you know coming away we've won 3-0 against a side that I thought looked handy you know and didn't look like pure relegation fodder so you know there are there are games like I was at Dagenham I thought everyone clicked there and and played supreme football and you know Palmer the best I've seen him in months Mullen I feel a bit for Mullen because I feel like that knee is bothering him and he's doing his best to you know keep scoring and but I think it's inevitable that, you know, Parky said he's going to have to get that looked at in the summer. And I think it's just a case for him now. You know, the league title, the, the promotion, the end of the season can't come soon enough. You said it, you know, 29th of April, that'll be uh, the last weekend. And it, it can't really come soon enough for him, I think. It, 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 whatever his issue is, I just hope it can get cleaned up and and it's nothing too too serious and, and, and it'll all be sorted. But you know he's he's playing through it. You've seen him touch that knee a couple of times, and and uh, yeah, you always you always I always worry a bit whenever I see him get you know collide knees, knock knees, or or get bundled over because he does get you know some rough treatment from opposition defenders. And his but... approach, his approach, he runs into the ground, puts everything on the right. pitch, and just he's relentless. He he exudes so much energy. He's such a He's like the Duracell Bunny at times, isn't he? He just goes from end to end. And like I say, he's got that sort of Luis Suarez, Wayne Rooney tenacity, plays between the edges. He's physical. He's a bit of a bruiser. He'll put his body on the line. He gets dirty treatment from corners, from set pieces. He's always getting tripped over in the box. And it's going to take its toll. He has been playing non-stop football for like two, three years now in a row because even the sort of COVID season and stuff, he wouldn't have had much sort of pre-season downtime. And last know. season was a quick turnover. And he's hardly had a rest. He plays whenever he is fit, he is on the pitch. And he plays two games a week, 90 minutes if he has to. And there's got to be moments we have to pick and choose when we when we rest Paul Mullen. But he's an absolute phenomenon. And 
you know, it is inevitable that it will take us its toll on his body in that degree. But seven games, then we wrap him in cotton wool. That's it. Put him That's in one it. Those, seven games. Put seven him games. Those, him on, yeah. the, those frozen chambers and just sort of throw him out in, in August or whenever we need him. Home form as well, Nath. I always look at the form table. It's a bit of the bingo card of this, of this <laughs> podcast. If you look at the, the table, of course, we said they're both level on points not to play too more. But Wrexham have played one less home game than Notts County this season and have taken six more points. The the right race course is maybe our biggest asset. We've got so, we're so formidable there, such a threat. And again, in regards to the running, Nath, what is it we need now? Was it 16 points from our last seven games to guarantee the title? And That's it, 16 more. And four of those are at home. So you'd be very confident of at least getting to 12 and then you'd need another four from the aways. I know Notts County is one of the home games, so that's very difficult there and that will be a massive swing. But even if you just avoid defeat in that game, then you're you're looking in a very comfortable position. You, you feel they have to win that. You know, I just feel like a draw doesn't suit them. Give it given and and look, I'm not even going to say it. But if if the if the worst case scenario that it's still in, it's, we're still in a very good position just with the with the games we've got. You would say that Wrexham are favourites in every game left now. Notts County is obviously the toughest game. I still think Barnet away is a, is a tough game. They proved at the racecourse seven five. That they don't go away easy. Nicky Kabamba, very good player and. We've got some really nice pieces there down at down at Barnet. Boreham Wood as well will probably have plenty to play for. That playoff race is far from done and dusted, you know. And um and then Torquay, you would imagine, will probably be down by the time we get there. So uh, you know, we look at Oldham, you mentioned Oldham, we look at Halifax, they haven't got much to play for. You looked at Altrincham, I saw people moaning about them raking five changes. If I was in Altrincham's position, I would have rested maybe more. You know, ahead of the FA Trophy, they've got nothing to play for in the league this season. The FA Trophy is a way for them it to get to Wembley. It makes no difference to them who gets promoted, does it? Absolutely not. And and I saw, you know, does it bring the competition into disrepute? I don't think so. You know, you're allowed to, um, and and also that's on the league for scheduling that game earlier. You know, if it had been after the semi final, which I thought most rearrangements would have been after after the game, given it was due to be played Saturday. You know, scheduling it before the Scheduling it before their semi-final almost just laid it out for Notts County. And I don't know if you it's saw their goal, the game, Rich. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if you saw their their goal, but the uh, the quick free kick. I feel like there'd have been a meltdown if we just scored that goal. And and they got a penalty, which you know that's the Wrexham checkbook, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> it's uh, that quick free kick. I mean, credit. You know, the referee was not bothered by that. So fair no, play. But choosing that was another one of those nights where I just tried to put my phone on sort of do not disturb and just. Ignore. I can't do that. I don't. I, a, I don't know how to even put my phone on Do Not Disturb, which is quite bad. And also, secondly, I just, I, I'm too addicted to knowing what's going on all the time. I which, don't. Which, as, which you know this. You know this. Given we do so do so much together the podcast, I'm like a Duracell bunny that's just energy twenty four seven. And you're you're able to take it all in your stride. Yeah, turn my phone off when they're playing and just don't worry about it. I presume they've won. Next up then, Naif, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to Oldham in a minute, but it was a record-breaking weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, at the Kairos. On Saturday was the highest league attendance of the season for Wrexham. 
over 10,000 packed in to watch us beat York City. And then a day later, you could all argue was was the main event, really. Wrexham, women, lifting the league title with a 2-1 win over Connors Key in front of a record-breaking crowd for the Welsh women's domestic game. What a day, what an event, and a real celebration of all the hard work that's been going on not just this season, but in the years gone by, and it all culminated, Nath, didn't it, with that amazing weekend? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I tweeted this. Um, I got quite emotional actually. Uh, you know, when when Rob ran on at the end, and he ran straight over to Gemma and kind of bear hugged her. I was I, that just I got choked up watching that because I don't know why it caught me off guard as well because I was very emotional watching it, and I, I saw people tweeting that they were also very emotional. Uh, I unfortunately. Uh, wasn't able to make it but I was yeah really got me my feels Rich I'd say that got me my feels because you could just see what it meant to to all the girls that played there and to all the staff and everyone who's put in you know years and years of work to to play in front of 100 200 and to get that crowd there Rob and Ryan there you could tell it really meant a lot to them um and you know, I was Nine really and chuffed. A half thousand fans, mad, nine thousand five hundred and eleven fans, and I think which... they weren't. I, th- I think Rexham's players were nervous at the beginning, Rich, which is only inevitable. I think you could see it, and um, you know, nine and a half thousand fans, remarkable. Really, more more Rexham fans for that game than there was the day before for the York game. And if you, deduct, you know, yeah, and in years gone by, Rexham's biggest ever games in a season wouldn't have got nine and a half thousand for the men's team on a Saturday. So that is absolutely obscene. Two great goals. TJ's free kick, excellent. Uh, Rosie's goal. I mean, that's just what she does. What a bloody! I'm I'm chuffed for her though. Chuffed for her because she's had such a phenomenal scene. You could tell she was itching to score. She was for me, from a Wrexham perspective, the best player on the pitch. You could just tell she had that extra gear. You know, if I was looking at players that could really climb the ladder, she looked like she had the pace, power, finishing. And Rich, I tell you what, while we're on the subject of Rosie Hughes, let me play a little snippet of her scorer interview that got gate-crashed by a certain Mr. Reynolds and Mr. McElhenney. I had three little girls watching today, my own, and they're really inspired. They love you and they love what you're doing yeah. and they're so proud of you like we are. This is just incredible. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think one thing, Robert, saw that's really come across today is so much pride, so much passion in this town. And it's you guys that have kind of brought that to the forefront and highlighted it. It was always here anyway. I was speaking to some fans that have come over from Canada. It was always here anyway, but you've given it a boost. It was it was always here, and, it, and it's thanks to people like to, like Rosie. I mean, that's... And, and the entire team. All we did was shine a little spotlight, but you see that the town showed up. Yeah. Did you ever imagine, any of you, this is a question for all three of you, that you'd have one of these type of moments? Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. 9,000 people watching me. Incredible. I'm just playing at the stadium. Like, this is a, one of the world's like <laughs> biggest, longest running stadium, and now here I am. It's a crazy end. Yeah, no, I can't imagine that. It's just happened to us. It won't sit in until later on, but we just won, and we scored 12 out of 12 league games. It's incredible. I think it's the first time any team's done that. So, yeah, no, I'm so proud of the whole team. And it's always nice to get on the score sheet, Rosie. And of course, it's always nice to tally up my top goal and score record and to make it the winning goal as well. And with uh, only a little bit of time left of the game, it was amazing. That was great, Rich. That that clip went viral on, uh, well, went viral and then it ended up on Greg James's BBC One show. I, it was just great. It was a great weekend and I'm really chuffed that they could be there as well. You saw Blake Lively there, you saw Ryan's daughters there, you saw Rob, Rob with one of his sons. Um, it was all round just great, wasn't it? It was just such a family occasion. And I think you shared a clip on Twitter before the game of 
Rob talking about what it means to the community and he said that he said something like the worst part of coming is the fact he's got to leave. The worst part of coming to yeah. Wrexham is the fact he's got to leave again and uh, and the pitch. I don't know. It was just great. Everything about that was just very emotional and very great. And uh, yeah, shed a tear or two. I don't know why it got me. It got me. I don't know. It just completely knocked me out. Basically, I couldn't get over how emotional I was. And then I was thinking, if and when the men seal their title i'm gonna be a ball in wreck i don't know we might need a tissue sponsorship because i'm gonna be absolutely the toes gonna of be tissues. a wreck yeah the toes uh, of t- well the toes of tissue. i'm gonna be a, i'm gonna be a mess well yeah shout out to rex and women 12 games 12 wins 70 goals scored six conceded 36 points invincible champions they've got that playoff game as well and we will bring you a preview of that um when when that is closer to time but Nath, yeah, yeah, what a celebration and what a, what a testament as well. I know the owner's been very modest and they've said that they're just shining a light on what was already there. But for the women's game, in anywhere to, to get that sort of attendance, that sort of passionate crowd investing in them and, and seeing firsthand what what it's all about is, is amazing. But for it to be in Wrexham as well is really humbling. And again, for me, that is the standout of the, of the takeover, really, because... Yes, what's been so great is watching the team, the men's team, be better on at 3pm every Saturday and enjoying the, the quality of our performances a lot more. But the longevity, the legacy of this takeover will be the people they've inspired, the community they've brought together and that renewed belief and engagement and love for, for football and for everyone to be involved, whether that is the power chair, whether it's the men's game or the women's game, academy on both sides, it's just excellent, excellent to see. And yeah, huge thanks to Rob and Ryan. I know they don't want to take credit, but they deserve a hell of a lot of credit for for giving them that that limelight. And again, as we said last week, shout out to to Steve Dale, shout out to Gemma for for working so hard over over the last ten years or so for for her whole life. Really, she's dedicated to the game and to giving women and young girls that opportunity and that right to believe and that right to dream and. Yeah, they deserve that and hopefully they have more to come. And hopefully as well, Nave, like you said, we have another title to celebrate as well. Three tri- titles would be nice, wouldn't it? In a, in a trophy room together along with the under-19s. We have a big announcement this week, Nath. Pre-season finally confirmed the first match, Wrexham against Manchester United and San Diego. Yeah, that really was what we just said. Wrexham are playing Manchester United and San Diego because that's that's what Wrexham AFC are now. It will, in all accounts, be a rotated and fairly youthful United side, a sort of endorsement of their academy system. Expect the likes of Kobe Maynou, who who's played this season, uh, Zidanic Bal maybe from a United point of view to, to feature and you know a few first teamers looking to prove themselves under Eric Ten Hag but again Nath what an event that's going to be Wrexham against Manchester United in pre-season wow and that video I mean, Rob Ryan and Sir Alex doesn't get better than that does it that that was that was genius wasn't it I think even even if you're part of Man United's social team that is gold that you you know that you could have only dreamt up um you know, looking back through the years, they've had some kind of collaborate. They've had a couple of collaborations on Deadpool and Deadpool Two, uh, Wayne Rooney and some of the other Man United stars. But that was, I don't know, to get Sir Alex involved. He's just been inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame as we record this today on Wednesday. 
I, I just thought that was genius. And uh, I, I didn't see the twist coming at the end either, so I thought that was really, really clever. But Rex on Man United, even if it is, you know, in a Man United Academy or Man United Reserves, it's still, you know, in terms of the name and the branding, yeah, yeah Rob McElhenney sat next to Andy Cole and Landon Donovan in San Diego. I tweeted uh, many years ago when I was still at the away end at Ebbsfleet, the Cufflink Stadium, and it was chucking it down with rain, and our playoff dream had gone up in smoke. Andy Davis and Carl Darlington were in charge. I think Danny Kedwell scored the third for Ebbsfleet. Uh, fans were arguing amongst themselves in our end. There was uh, some lewd gestures from a load of 14-year-old Ebbsfleet fans. I would have probably tried to get you into a nearby facility if you'd have told us then that we'd be playing in America, in San Diego, under the lights, a, a huge stadium, the Snapdragon Stadium against Manchester United. I wouldn't have believed you. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to believe you because we just... It is. People want to scoff at Wrexham and the story and well, well, this notion that it's a fairy tale. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And for everyone who's managed to get a ticket, they're worth hundreds of dollars now. So if you haven't, unfortunately, I would say that they are very, very expensive. Good luck, enjoy it. It's going to be an amazing, amazing occasion. And if you go back through the Rob Brown Red archives, listen to our interview with Rob Ogilby, he will recollect, and maybe Jamie Tolley as well, they will recollect a pre-season to Aberystwyth. We went to West Wales for pre-season. Right. And now we're going to San Diego. It is absolutely incredible. And I think yeah. Jamie Tolley, I think in that Jamie Tolley one, I think he said that in the pub, I think he'd had a trial. Go back and listen, the Jamie Tolley experience is called. I think he said something like that. Dean Saunders basically took a took a straw poll in the in the in the pub, just asked the players if they should sign him in a pub in Aberystwyth, and that was it. And then then he got signed on the back of that, and obviously goes on to score that key FA Cup goal when we played Brentford. Um, but yeah, I, you know how times change, Richard. There was another tweet, wasn't there, from a guy I can't remember his name now. He's now a barber, and he's also got his own podcast, and he played for us against Greece preseason. Jordan Evans, there you go. And he said he couldn't believe it, mind-boggling. You know, and even people like who've left Paul Rutherford and that playing in this one million tournament. Borussia Dortmund got announced for that this week. So you're going to have Wrexham, Borussia Dortmund, Clint Dempsey's team, hashtag United. You can't even make it up. Every week is something new with Wrexham. And now we wait for the rest of pre-season, which the week commences in April the 17th. The announcement will be out. Another game, another two games, whatever it is. Looking forward to it. Get my bags packed. Before that, though, Nath, Wrexham back in action this weekend. Oldham, the visitors to North Wales. We've already done a double over them this season. Victory at Boundary Park, secured by Paul Mullins' last-minute penalty and that comprehensive win in the FA Cup as well. How are you feeling ahead of this one? Is it going to be more of the same? Are we going to just ease past them? Or do you think Mike Fondop, John Rooney, is there, are they keeping you awake at night? Uh, they're not keeping me... I feel like I'm Facebook friends with Mike Fondop, um, and I don't think he's ever responded to my messages on that, uh, which, fair enough, is his choice. But um, no, Mike Fondop and John Rooney and Joe Nuttall and all people like that do not keep me up. Frank Rothwell, nobody keeps me up at night. Um, it's a game we should be winning. I know away from home we weren't great. You were there for that. And, you know, that's the perfect way to end it. Last minute penalty in front of the away fans. Great scenes, great limbs. But at home, I thought it was, it could have been more. 
Yeah, it could it could have been even more. And um, it's it's one of them where look, they got a point didn't they on Tuesday against uh, Wealdstone. Joe Nuttall scores twice. For me, we're we're better than Oldham. We just need to prove it. We're better than York, and we proved it. We're better than Oldham, and really, I sit two seats down from an Oldham fan at work. I cannot allow the lads to let John Rooney run the show because that will. If John Rooney and Mike Fondop score in a two 0 win, I will never hear the end of it. So, if there's any reason to win, not just for a promotion bid, for my sanity at work, please. And that's the thing as well. I mean, Ben Tollett in the squad as well, and. You always will get a bit worried when you're up against Alex Reed as well. Four former Wrexham players I count there in the. What uh, was he like for us, Alex Reed? I can't fully remember. I feel like he started all right and then like quickly tailed good. off. Yeah, I felt, felt, felt like he was quite good at first, but then, you know, we're getting worried. Not worried. Worry is not the word, but. That is not the word. Th- there's that, that seed of doubt in the head about players who were okay or good for us years and years ago. The, the levels have changed and there are levels to this game. And if we want to be playing a lead to next season we've got to just win these sort of matches and you know it's a chance for us to go back top of the table to open up a cushion potentially on on Notts County as well so we've just got to do what we've been doing so well this season just make it another routine match and and start just winning games like that again and you know it's it's massive we need to to have wins in the next two matches going into that Easter Monday clash for me and then that could effectively be the title decider and you can always get oh. distracted by that and it is the carrot at the end of the stick, but we have just got to be professional and get through these two games now. That that game is going to be nuts, isn't it? I know you can't look too far ahead and I'm, I know the players won't, so we can. But that Easter Monday game is going to be something special, isn't it? And on I mean, next week's podcast, up. we'll be previewing that, which yeah, is right. frightening because that means it's so, so soon. But like, how fast has this season gone, though? It, it, you know, I, I just think it's flown by, and it and it will it will be over in a jiffy, and people will be suddenly on a plane to San Diego, and you know we'll be we'll probably just be sobering up from the, the celebrations. But it it the season goes so fast, and the, and the next season it just honestly time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. We're having lots of that this season, but we've just got to lock in now and and really just get it over the line because it's all in our hands. We just can't let it slip up. And look on paper. We've got amazing home form, Oldham at Iffy. You know, there's still jury out on David Unsworth, but they're still you've still got to go and beat them. You've got to earn the right to win. And, uh, you know... Oldham have Oldham been 18th best home form in the division. 16 points about... they've taken on the road this season. Right, but then... But they're 16 not out just... of 60 as well. Like right, so that that's terrible. But ultimately, they could still turn up, you know, get an early decision. And, you know, if there's an early sending off or there's an early goal, you don't know. You know, you know, I mean, you don't know. You, you, you could be on paper. Wrexham are a lot better than Oldham and should be Oldham comfortably, as they proved in the FA Cup. Well, here you go, Nate. Rich, Oldham have won three of their last eight matches. The three teams they beat: Chesterfield, Barnet, and Woking. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. That, that you know, all of those three teams, I guarantee, would have expected to have beaten Oldham. Um, I, I don't know if you've got were, were any of those away from home or were they all at home? They beat Barnet away they beat Chesterfield away there you go I, you know we're saying Chesterfield and of course they Dark drew with Notts County on New Year's Day to all at home right so look they are 
they're no they're no scrubs you know they're they're there to be beaten you've got you've got to go and beat them we've gone and... from overly optimistic to very no, pessimistic I am, in the space I, am, of... I am no no i think i think look i i would put as i said to you i would keep foster in i would keep barnett in i'd keep mendy keep the back three i'd put tom o'connor in i'd have lee and cannon i think just tom o'connor a little bit more solid defensively and it seems like you know luke young has unfortunately dropped out of favor so i think tom o'connor um, is going to be in there. I'd be surprised if he's not in the matchday squad. And then I would have Dolby and uh, Mullen up front if it was me. But I don't know what Parky will do. I'd imagine he goes with Palmer and, and Mullen. But I think Dolby deserves it. And I think if O'Connor's fit, get him in. You know, he needs some reps uh, between now and Notts County because that is going to be enormous, enormous. And I'm already excited for it. I'm not nervous, excited, Rich. Bring it on. And like we said, next week we'll be back to look back whatever happened against Oldham and we'll look ahead to that Easter double header Halifax on Good Friday let's hope it's a good Monday as well and Wrexham take on Notts County thank you very much for joining us on Rob Ryan Red the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development thank you very much to Wrexham based band Hypnotic for their music that the Stings are using the podcast they've got an instrumental version of the Wrexham way out now as well we'll put a link to that in the description if we've got one and yeah thank you very much Nate for joining me again and both got both backing us to win this weekend oh yeah uh, I'm gonna go Wrexham for Oldham one god I love that give me a bit of that yeah I'm just saying we win and it doesn't matter how it happens but we're gonna win and we will take one step closer back to the promised land 15 years we've been waiting let's hope we're not waiting much longer this time next month we will know the answer thank you very much take care We'll see you again next time. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.